Hey, Alan Anderson. Welcome to episode 73 of the Commando Voice. Today, I speak with the co-founder of Commando Cider. Please welcome Corey Haugen, part two. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Hey, I just want to say thank you to everyone, all of my listeners. Um, I have been seeing some growth in the podcast, so I know you guys are sharing it. So I really appreciate all that and all the help. Um, again, share it with your friends. Share maybe your favorite episode. Um, and uh, yeah, if you have any questions, if you have guest ideas or uh, any other things, send, me, uh, send emails to me at voice at kamenocommons.com. And, uh, and I'll try and get back to you as quickly as possible. Um, so this is actually part two of my interview with Corey Haugen, who is the owner, co-founder of Kamano Cider. Um, again, I really enjoyed talking with them. Um, I broke it up into two parts. And so the last one kind of ended in like kind of a sad note, like Grizzly Cider had kind of fallen apart. And uh, he was like, all right, I'll just go back to the corporate work world. Um, but this is kind of the redemption arc. And you get to hear about um, him starting Kamano Cider. Uh, and why he started it, why this was going to be different than Grizzly, and um, really how he's continued to work with that. So we get into all of that. And, and like I mentioned before, um, if you haven't had Kamano Cider yet, you've got to, the next plant time you go to Tapped Kamano, which is right here in the complex uh, at Kamano Commons, or if you're somewhere and you see Kamano Cider on tap, I know you guys probably want to drink your wine or your beer, and you know, cider is not that exciting to, to start with. But if you've never had it, I implore you to try it out. Uh, like I said, his pub cider is so good. In fact, I'm going to be going to get some of that uh, right after this. So anyways, um, without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Corey Haugen. I mean, it was, it was the right thing to do. Uh, I mean, I, at that time, a lot of cideries were trying to capture a piece of the pie and, and a lot of them didn't make it. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to where I came out with not losing a lot. Um, and, and looking back on it now, I chalk it up as a, a huge learning experience. Yeah. Because I, I much rather would have failed and screwed up and had those, those experiences in the beginning back then than trying to do that now. Right. So, um, so yeah, I went, um, I went for a couple years, I think, just not really thinking about cider, not wanting to make it, um, just kind of back to working and trying to, you know, build a career, uh, in, in other fields. And, you know, I did that pretty well. Like I, I had a pretty solid job at Amazon. I, um, started getting, um, diving into like paid social advertising. Uh, I had, I managed budgets like well over two to $3 million. Um, I, I learned a lot at Amazon. I was totally burnt out from that place, but you like, there's no other kind of experience like working at a place like Amazon. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to be there for <laughs> any longer than I had to, but, um, yeah. uh, but all these things again, like kind of just looking back on them, they were all, you know, it sounds cheesy, but they're all stepping stones to 
what I'm trying to do with um, Camino Cider, but also what I'm still trying to do with, I mean, this, this isn't my full-time job. Like, I can't, like, uh, you know, it's, I want it to be, but, you know, I, I'm, I have a really good uh, career right now. I work for Puget Sound Energy. Okay. Um, and uh, I manage all their social media. And uh, I deal with uh, any sort of customer service stuff that comes through social. And um, it's like my bread and butter. Like, I, I know it like the back of my hand. Um, I have total control over, like, building the strategy for, for um, PSE. And it's honestly, it's a place where, like, everybody I work with is great. Well, when we were in the office, you know, it was like, it, it was, it was. It was like, yeah. I finally, even though it wasn't like, and this is no, um, this is not to put PSE down, but you know, like I wasn't working at a cool agency right. or, or, um, I wasn't working at Amazon, right? Like, um, like we don't have dogs in the building <laughs> and, but I got to this point where it's like that stuff didn't matter. Right. It, it was like going to work and actually enjoying the people I worked with and what I was doing and knowing that um, people were giving me like the control to do the things I wanted to do and they trusted me because of my experience and right. didn't talk down to me or belittle me or, or you know, I, I, I don't have managers and people that make my life difficult right. or, or question my ability to do something. Yeah. Well, I think the first time when you... Um, cause I, I came from an engineering background Okay. Um, and obviously that's not what I'm doing now, but the first time that you're in a room and you're talking with a bunch of like designers or people that you're like, okay, these people are above me. And then they go, so what do you think? And they all look at you and you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you actually want my opinion. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's, it's nice. And, and again, I think it was just a really nice, uh, breath, uh, breath of fresh air, uh, to, and, and again, it took me a while to realize, like, I, all the fancy, flashy stuff and, and, or whoever the name was that you were working for, that, that doesn't really matter. It's, yep. there's much more important things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I got into a really good place, at least with like, uh, my, I call it my real job, <laughs> uh, the job that actually pays the bills right now and, yeah. and provides for my family. And, um, it's, it's just been, it's been really nice. And it took me a while to get to that point to realize those things. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, when you're like 23, fresh out of college, of course, you're not going to be like, well, I want a stable job and, <laughs> and, uh, I want, you know, just Nine a place five, that, yeah. yeah, like a place that just appreciates the things that I do. You know, you're not going to do that. And, and, uh, you want the fun stuff. And, right. um, so the, that's the other thing is like the, the cider was kind of my, my, not my escape, but it was my other side of me that, uh, that was the, where the passion was and the things that, that I could experiment and no one was there to tell me what to do. Yeah. I mean, again, like that's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't like, I don't really label myself as an entrepreneur, but I like, I like building a business. I like creating something that's mine. I like not having somebody tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, those are qualities that in the real workspace, I had to really navigate. 
um, because I wouldn't, couldn't let that get the best of me. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have an outlet again where I can go and, and do my thing and there's no one like, you know, uh, questioning me or, you know, uh, asking me why I was doing that or, um, determining how successful I can be. Right. And, um, that, that at its core, uh, what I think is so great about building your business is you determine your own success. Right. There is no, um, this is, again, this is really bad, but I kind of view, not all managers, but most managers, um, you know, or bosses, it's, they're kind of like your gatekeeper yeah. in, in a, in a job. Yep. And they determine when you get to go to that next level. Yep. And that's still to, to this day is hard for me to, to like, to, to work with. Yeah. Because I just, it's like, again, it's that mentality of like, I, I should be here now. Right. You know, but I feel I'm, like I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, like building Kameno and doing, even doing Grizzly, it was like, I was doing it the way I wanted to do it. And, and if I fail, it's on me. Right. And, um, or, and if I succeed, it's, it's on me. It's because of the things that I'm doing. Right. And so I think that those are some big pieces why I just I gravitate towards this stuff. Yeah. And um, so I uh, trying to think of where. Uh, do you want to jump into Camino yeah. Cider? So, or? so what kind of got you started? Like, what made you think after a couple of years out, not yeah. doing, not touching cider for a while? Like, I think I'm ready to do it again. Yeah. And then um, for those of you who don't know, like you've done it started with your brothers, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how did all of that come together? Yeah. So we'll start with how it's, how the idea of making cider again came up because I was still in this, like, I don't want to do anything anymore. And, um, my parents, uh, a couple of years ago, um, bought the property, um, uh, where Camino, where we produce. Okay. Um, so they bought the property and, um, it came with an old pole barn. And, uh, it's this really cool piece on the South end. And, um, I, I should say like, cause I, I know, um, like I'm not, I'm not a local and, but I, I've been coming up to Camino since high school. Like this was like a place that me and my friends, we, we would go to like, so, um, my, my youngest brother also lives on the Island okay. and, um, we, you know, just like I'm sure anybody who is newer to the island will say, like, you come up here and you just fall in love with it. Yeah. And my parents did that. Mm-hmm. They they um, are were looking for a place to, I think, eventually retire there or whatever. Um, who knows? Um, but they found this place. Uh, my aunt and uncle first moved up here. They retired up here. So okay. that's what kind of brought interest in my parents. Okay. So we found this lot. And it's gorgeous. I mean, you come up, you know, it's, you know, right? You just come up here and you're just like, okay, this place is great. Yeah. And so the lot had this pole barn. And I think it was my dad that was just asked me, he was like, well, would you want to, would you want to like make cider in it? And, and I guess like, I think seeing the pole barn and stuff, like I could start to envision it. Yeah. And, um, I, it was kind of like a no brainer. I mean, I, that, I think seeing that and realizing, okay, I could kind of do it my way. Um, and, uh, and, and just kind of go slow and, and build it how I want to, because it's on my parents' property. And, 
and um, there was there wasn't these other factors that really played into it. it. It literally was just about making cider. Yeah, and so that was like okay, I I could get back into this, and um, so that's really when it started is is figuring out what the space would be and and what we really wanted to do, and obviously my my dad is a um, he is uh, his background is in risk assessment, uh, risk management, and so he's very risk averse. Yeah, you know, um, and which I, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm like ready to like let's roll the dice, let's let's go. I don't care about the outcome. Um, so having him kind of be that person there, that's like okay, well, let's do it within these means. Um, that's really how we structured it. And okay. so very lean, yep. um, very little debt. Basically, we what we put into it was to build out this, I mean, if you ever come, you, you'll see it. It's very tiny. It's, yeah. it's not big. Like you get three people in there and you feel crowded, especially with like all the fermenters and tanks and stuff. But it was small. It's very modest. And, and really it was just meant to uh, we built it in a way that we wanted to cater to the, these main places on the island and, and mainly to the island. Like yeah. I wasn't trying to have like do what I did with Grizzly where we were running around all over the place right. and trying to sell like 50 kegs a month. Like I didn't want to do that. Um, I didn't want to deal with distributors. Right. And, and the, so there's all, again, all these things that I, I learned from Grizzly or I did with Grizzly I learned that I didn't want to do them with Camino. Yeah. What I wanted to do was just make really good cider and make it for uh, the people on the island and, and in Stanwood. Yeah. And so that's at its core. That's what Camino was. Um, I wanted to, well, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but I... Um, I wanted to focus on making cider, which meant I didn't want to deal with like the paperwork and mm-hmm. all the licensing and all that other stuff that you have to deal with when, with a business. So um, it made the most sense bringing my brother on. Um, my so my youngest brother is Keenan. Um, <clears throat> Kelly is the middle, and um, so I he Kelly came on first because um, Kelly's really good with that stuff, and I, I just I didn't want to do it. And, um, I actually, you know, people always say like, well, you, you shouldn't go into a business with family, right? Well, I actually looked at it as, as better than going into business with a good friend or, or somebody that I happened to know because they had these traits, right? right? Yeah. Like my brothers and I, like, we're very straightforward with each other. Like yeah. we'll, we'll tell you how we feel about things. And I think that that's really valuable in running a business. Right. And like when, when like Kelly thinks I'm saying something that's dumb, he'll tell me that. And, or if, if same with him, I'll be like, well, that's a dumb idea and I don't like <laughs> it, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I think that's really good to have is yeah. just that transparency and that honesty. Right. And, for us, that's with our family. Like even like my dad, he's always been like that. And so I looked at them as being really great gut checks for, for doing this right. Yeah. And, and minimizing risk and minimizing the chances to, for it to go south or turn into something that I'm going to hate. Right. So 
bringing my brother on, having my dad there, um, those were all really good things because at the end it, it allowed me to just focus on making really good cider. Yeah. And, and that has been for, for last year, let's see, we just came up onto a full year in July. Um, so we're coming up in a year two. Nice. And, and that's really the main thing right now is like, we're just still focused on, um, establishing ourselves as, as a cidery that makes really good cider and, and cider that you want to drink a lot of. Um, I don't care about the, the, the big cider events anymore. I, like I said, I don't care about distributors. Yeah. Um, I don't care about sending kegs or things to other States or even, um, into really other cities or anything like that. It's, it's, that's not important right now because right. that takes away from, from establishing like a strong brand and a right. good product. Yep. Um, and again, those were things that we had to focus, we, we didn't really get to focus on when we did Grizzly because it was more about how much cider we could make and we needed to sell all of it because we needed to make all this Put money. Put the money make. back. And yep. So, so the fact that, I mean, we were fortunate because we don't have to pay a lease right now. It's, you know, there's a lot of things we don't have to factor in. Right. We will someday, I hope, but for right now, for, for establishing ourselves, it's a really good start. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't have a lot of debt and we've been like pretty profitable ever since we started. So, nice. uh, you know, it's not a bad way to, to build a business. Yeah. So very cool. So, um, what's your favorite cider that you currently make? Uh, I was reading that question and I've been trying to think about it because my brother, uh, we, Kelly and I, we've been talking, like we've made so much cider, um, and so many different ciders since we started. Yeah. And I think that's contributed to our size. So because we're so small and our batch sizes are, are so tiny, um, it gives you the flexibility to like play with different ciders every time because one batch crank, cranks out four kegs. Oh, okay. Four quarter barrels. And so that's half, half of a half barrel. Okay. Um, so they're very small batches. It's like 30 gallons. Okay. Um, so being able to be, when you have bigger batches, you're, you have to be more focused on those specific batches and the volume. Um, it, it minimizes your ability to like experiment and explore other things. So being this small, it's allowed us, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I can't even tell you how many ciders we've made. Um, but we've, we've done a lot and, and I, I try not to, but it's so easy to like, oh, we got some cranberries. Well, let's throw some cranberries in it. Or, you know, I'll get, um, uh, blackberries. Uh, so I will say, uh, so I, I do have one place by my house. It's called Decibel Brewing. And, um, I, uh, he's a really good friend of mine and he makes awesome beer. And so I put my side, I bring my cider down there cause I have to have a place where <laughs> like, I'm going to go get it even though we come up here all the time. But, um, uh, so I, um, I get, he, he has like, uh, his dad has a little farm in Snohomish. So I get hops from Snohomish. So our fresh hop that's on tap right now at a couple places, uh, hops, fresh hops from Snohomish. Uh, blackberries from Snohomish. Um, that's that's kind of another thing is like we try to get everything that we put in the cider as as 
local as we can. Yeah. Uh, the, the way I describe the cider is, and, and any cider we make is I, I want it to be of the best quality. Um, and I want it to, um, like just have this nice balance to it. And, um, so that gets, when you focus on that, that gets reflected in the price and things like that. So, um, I think some places think maybe we're a little too expensive, but again, our cider comes from Mount Vernon, Yeah, you know, um, and our, I just actually picked up 30 gallons from a little private orchard in Stanwood. Yeah. So we're going to be cranking out a, a single orchard, uh, bottled cider coming up. Nice. Um, from, from this great family in Stanwood. And, um, that's a much better story and, and that's more exciting to me. Yeah. And, and I think that should, uh, that shouldn't be a problem when it comes to, you know, um, the selling it to people or, or the price or things like that. Obviously yep. I don't want to pay like $10 for a pint <laughs> of cider. Right. So we we're trying to be mindful of that, but the yeast we use is like really high quality yeast. So, yeah. I mean, there's things that like when you make something really good, it, it costs money. And, right. You know, yeah, so the higher the quality organic, all those different things, yeah. like each layer of that increases the price and you're and, paying for that. And, but that's a hard thing to articulate to most people yeah. because again, this goes back to like the education and, and how people view cider right. is, um, you know, you could say, oh, do you like cider to one person? And in their mind, cider is one thing. And if you said it to another person, cider could be a totally different thing. Right. Because, again, we still haven't really defined it. Like, there are very traditional ciders, and, and we have, if you can get a hold of them, we have very traditional cider apples. Um, and those will make, you know, much uh, more true ciders. But in the most case, like, you know, like Angry Orchard and stuff like that. That's yep. been, that's been like the base for what a cider is. Right. And that heavily skews the perception of what a cider should be. Yeah. So for me, it's not so much about defining us as really, it's not like defining cider. It's just, I want to make something that you want to drink like three pints of. Yeah. And it just so happens to be that I make it out of apples. Yeah. Right. So that's not my focus. Um, obviously, it's very exciting when, you know, somebody locally has a bunch of really great cider app, like traditional cider apples, yeah. and they're going to press, of course, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Like that, that kind of puts a, uh, your mark down in the industry of like, hey, like we have like real cider we're making, you know, not to, I mean, not to say like the Cedardale, it's, it's, it's table apples, but it's really good local cider. I mean, yeah. um, and, and I should say, so Cedardale, I've been getting their cider since we started, well, since I started making it in our apartment. Okay. So I, um, I mean, they're, they're family owned. They're like probably the nicest people, uh, the two brothers that run it now. I mean, I see them almost every weekend, bright and early in the morning, they're pressing and, um, you know, you can get their cider, especially now in almost every grocery store, all the pumpkin farms. Um, their cider is phenomenal. Okay. So it's not like, it's nothing special. It's just, we use really good cider. Yeah. And, but the, the things that we put in it to it and the, the balance that I try to take that, I guess that's sort of my mark. It's like, I don't have, 
I'm not doing anything specific. Yeah. I'm not getting these special apples, really. Right. But, but I understand now what you need to do and the and the right way to balance um, the cider and and you know the fermentation process and all that thing. So right. So balance is key, and having this nice profile of when you drink it, it's like you get the like my pub cider. I could drink that all day. It kind of frustrates me. Everybody wants like a berry cider or something like kind of crazy, right? Yeah. But honestly, like my pub cider is my favorite cider because it um, it's just a really good uh, like hard cider. You yeah. know, it's it's crisp. It's a little dry, but you still get all these apple characteristics. And I mean, I could I could drink that the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but when we do try to add things like we did a hopped mango cider, um, this summer and it's just fine. Again, it's not, it's making sure the mango isn't too overwhelming and you're pairing the right kind of hops to, to go with the mango and, uh, you know, things like that. So it's all, it's all like kind of figuring out what works well together and, and how to pair things and, and making sure you're not doing too much of something. Yep. So... Very cool. So I don't know. That didn't really answer your question. We make we've done so many ciders. Yeah. And, and I will say, so right now we've got coming up. We did the fresh hop. We got blackberry. I've got a cranberry cider waiting. I have um, my apple crisp, which we did last year. Okay. For the fall and winter, that's another one of my favorites. The apple crisp, and then I have another one where I did a dark Belgian candy in it. Um, When's that one release? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's it's almost there. Um, but um, that's a new one. I just wanted to see what that would do. Um, I had I grew some pineapple sage at my house. Okay. And pineapple sage is actually, it's this really cool plant where it's got this like tropical, like kind of bubblegum aroma to the, the leaves. Yeah. And I harvest all those, and I steeped them in the cider, and so that one is almost ready. Actually, I think I might keg it today. Okay. So it's it should be like a summer cider, but it's kind of like well, you know, it'll it'll be nice to have in the cold times. It'll, yeah. It'll it's nice and light and citrusy, and so I just it's like I try to reel myself in. Yep. Because you can't overwhelm. Uh, we need to be somewhat consistent. Yeah. And Kelly always he says this a lot, and um, but it because we're so small, it is fun to explore. And, right. and also it, it allows us to push out product to everybody else and see what are the ones we want to bring back next year. Right. So we're kind of, we're slowly creating this, um, uh, portfolio. Yeah. And so in the next coming years, you know, we'll have ones that will show up all the time. Right. So, yeah, we, we kind of do the same thing by having a coffee of the month. Like we, right. we try out these coffees and yeah. how people like them. Uh, and the ones that are popular, we're like, all right, cool. We'll pin that down for that month. Yep. And so next year, yeah. same month, it'll be available. Yeah. So. It's just, it's it's that delicate balance of like experimenting, but also still bringing back things that people like. like right. I'm sure whoever is listening to this that has had the cider, you know, like the lavender cider. I, yeah. I can't yep. not make the lavender cider because everybody wants to drink it. <laughs> and it's... You know, it, the lavender comes from Christofferson Farm. Oh, very cool. It's, it's amazing lavender. And it it does add this crazy, silky texture to the cider. 
And, but again, it's not, lavender is very strong, right? So you don't want to put too much in. So where it feels like you're just drinking lavender. Right, right. So um, that's a, there's a balance to that too. Very cool. All right. Um, well, thank you. That was really neat. Um, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most over the last three months? So I was actually talking to my brother on the way up. And I can't think of anything because most of that, like the under hundred dollar, it, it's like something I'm buying for my kids or food. Hey, <laughs> um, uh, it's it's tough. I I honestly I can't I couldn't give you a good answer of under a hundred dollars. You could say your pub cider. I yes, I will say <laughs> so. Yeah, my like a pint of my cider I think is always a good choice. Um, but yeah, mostly it's like things for my kids and stuff. Yep. But all right. Pretend you have a friend coming from out of town to visit. What would their first day look like? Um, well, obviously bringing them up to the lot. Like, we don't get to do that too much, obviously, especially yeah. in, in today's climate. But, right. Um, but uh, I would just straight up, you know, let's head to the lot, hang out. It's it's so quiet. It's, it's so relaxing. Um, so we'd probably spend most of the time up there. And then... Um, drink some cider and then head into town and uh, just kind of hang out at the local spots. I always try to like stop by the places where I'm on tap. And um, I mean, gosh, we have so much good food up here. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like yeah. that was one of the things, the more I started talking to the people and getting uh, connected with like the different businesses and, and restaurants, it's like, it's, it's just like you just come up here and eat all day. Right. Well, and that, I don't feel like that, when we first moved up here, I mean, we moved up in 1995, but like even over the last, like even after like five to 10 years after that, there really wasn't that option in San Juan Camino. You, if you want to yeah. get good food, you need to go to Bellingham or Seattle. Like yeah. you had to go pretty far. And the fact that we've got some really top notch restaurants now on San Juan and on oh, Camino, yeah. like it's, it's really nice. <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, so. I, yeah, I like, we try to like, uh, my wife and I, you know, if we have nights to like do dinner or something, it's like, man, I just, could we just like drive up and and eat up here? Cause yeah. It's like, cause I want I want to like stop, make my way through all the places, and it it is. It's 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 a really cool aspect of yeah. of the island. So for sure. Yeah. Um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? So I was trying to think of this too, and I mean. Hearing that you do one a week, it sounds like you've probably interviewed almost everybody. But <laughs> I mean, the, so I, I will say, like, one of the great things about starting the cidery is is all the people that you meet. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's so many amazing people who own businesses or just do different things on the island. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Like, when we did the pumpkin project and poured cider. Yeah. I mean, everybody just coming up and talking to us. Um, it's just a great community and yeah. the support behind it is, is amazing. Um, but the, the people that stood out to me and I don't know if you've already interviewed, but the Christofferson family, yeah. um, Mona and, and Chris, like they're not only do they have this great family history yeah. on the, of the yeah. farm and stuff. Um, they're just probably some of the nicest people yeah. ever and they've working with them and, and creating this kind of partnership has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, we try to find every opportunity we can to, to help each other out. And yeah. we did a big bottle release for them um, a couple months ago. And 
Uh, so yeah, I don't. I, have you interviewed yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, I interviewed I them. Figured, they were yeah. they were great though. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, their family history and yeah, so it's very cool. All right, and lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard on Camino, right as you're driving on the island, what would that say? So I was trying to think of this. Um, I was thinking of. Uh, I'm going to flip it a little bit. So when you're coming off the island, um, it would be kind of this joke uh, billboard, like saying, "Shh, don't tell anybody." Because I think that's kind of the mentality here of like, you like you want Camino to be this best kept secret, but at the same time you want people to come and experience it. Yeah. Because it, it's a gorgeous place. Yeah. There's all these like the food and the businesses and um, just even just coming and hanging out and seeing the water and stuff. It's um, it's it's I could tell there's that there's definitely that struggle of yep. like <laughs> hey come like come check this place out but then also like don't but don't like let's not, let's not go crazy <laughs> yeah right um <clears throat> so that would be my like leaving billboard of like hey like, perfect but um it, it I mean it is like it's just uh it it I mean Camino is like a second week I mean I'm up here all the time yeah it's it's and I I wouldn't want to drive anywhere anywhere else so yeah it's a great place to be and um i know we're coming to the end and i and i would feel really bad i didn't i didn't mention much about keenan who, who actually lives up here yeah like he's more of a local than i am <laughs> him and his girl girlfriend live up here um they're both nurses they work uh uw um uh down at the uw uh, okay. hospital and um but i i didn't touch on adding how keenan got added in and Keenan Keenan has played a, a really crucial role because he he's here and he he helps me deliver kegs. He's coming in, uh, helping me in the barn, and um, you know I I do want to say like it's like my my brothers are uh, I mean my whole this is a whole family. It like, sounds like it's it. a family business. Yeah. Um, I mean even and and uh, you know I'm trying to teach Keenan how to like make the cider too. Um, because it is a cool process, but, but it really is, it's, it's a whole family effort. And if we can get to where we want to be with this, yeah. our, our goal and our vision is, um, to build something that is really substantial for the community right. and, and a destination. Yeah. And, uh, we've got a lot of ways to go, but, but that's the end goal. It's not just, it's not just this little thing in, in the barn. Um, yeah. The fact that we don't have a tap room really frustrates me. Yep. Um, it's it's hard because with any brewery, that's your that's so crucial. Right. So we need to get there, and um, and really like it, the the way it's set up right now is it's so dependent on uh, everybody coming and drinking and going to these other businesses. Yeah. And, um, and seeing that support from f that the restaurants and, and the bars are getting is, yeah. is really great because it's supporting us. Yeah. And so, so we've got a couple, I mean, it's all planned out in my head. It's all I think about. <laughs> um, and obviously we, you don't want to rush to that point because right. you want to do it right. Yeah. But, but we really think we can be kind of that, that, um, great place to be and hang out and, and, if anything, it just would allow us to make more cider and it would allow me to spend more time up here. So yeah, maybe eventually get you to move up here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to talk to my wife about that one, but I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast yeah, today. No, it's been fun. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one.
Well, a big thank you to Corey Haugen for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to tomatocommons.com slash EP73. That's tomatocommons.com slash EP73. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.